0: relax their face, relax their jaw, and I wanted them to put their tongue on the roof of their mouth. So I said, put your thong behind your tits. And then everybody started to laugh, and I didn't know why everybody was laughing. Anyway, truth is, the voice in my head was right. Welcome
1: back to Scotland Talks, bringing you less stress and more success in your job, in your life, with the power of joy. I'm Anne Scotland, author, teacher, and emotional wellness specialist. And today we are going to talk about something that I think you're going to want to hear, which is feeling awesome in your job? How can you feel awesome in your job? And to help us discover that I have a special guest that you are going to want to meet. She is fantastic. Before we get started though, please like and subscribe to this podcast so I can keep this content coming to you. And please follow me on my social media at Anne Scotland. And if you haven't already, take a quick peek at my new book. I'll be showing you more in coming days. Live for joy. You can find out more about this on my website, annscotland.com. So would you like to feel more awesome in your job? Welcome, Natalie. So happy to have you here today. I'm so excited to be on your show, Anne. Thanks for inviting me. I am just delighted to have you here. We were just talking for a minute before the show, and I was saying, I feel like you already know you. You're like a sister from another mother. This is so cool. So I'm excited. Um, for our listeners, I just want to introduce you, let you know a little bit about Natalie. Natalie is the founder of Think Yourself Academy. She's the number one best selling author of 16 books. 16 months on success, communication, wellness, and empowerment. She's an international speaker and teacher, and she has a whole lot to talk to us about today. And um, our theme today is going to be about feeling awesome in your job, which there can't be anything better than that, Natalie, right? Than feeling awesome in your job.
0: We spend so much time at work, right? So might as well.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, so I did have a question for you because this name is so unique. Now, I'm not Canadian, so maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I know there's, uh, isn't there a Plomidon, uh Alberta and uh, Plomidon Bay? Is that where your name comes from?
0: Ah, that's very interesting. My name does not come from uh, these areas. Um, I am from Quebec City. Uh, so there are huge families of Plamondon back there. My mom is actually a Plamondon and my dad as well from two different uh, lines. There's wow. big lines of Plamondon in the small town where I'm from Wow, uh, that are not even related.
1: <laughs> and your parents have <laughs> a very had this- common name. <laughs> so they had the same last name before they got married.
0: Uh-huh yeah oh my
1: goodness that's pretty unique that's really cool um so speaking of your parents um you grew up with some very unique parenting that made you who who you are today please share with us a little bit about that
0: oh yeah my parents were freaks they were positive freaks we had (laughs) signs everywhere in the house you can do this you're amazing and um every Sunday, we had to sit down in the living room and listen to motivational tapes, Jean-Marc Chaput, Augment Zig Ziglar. And um, I, I feel that um, even though I was rolling my eyes, you know, as a <laughs> my brother and I were like, oh, gosh, but I feel like we've been brainwashed. Uh, since we were kids right uh, so maybe it was easier for me later down the road to uh, to figure out how to get rid of all my negative self-talks and and, and all that that stuff that that everybody has because I, I too have them yeah um, it, it just it, it it probably made it much easier for me <laughs> right right well I think that's such a good point actually
1: and um you know, you've studied neuroscience and what we can learn from it to transform our everyday lives. So for those of us who didn't grow up with incredibly positive and powerful parenting, um, what can we do to be positive, powerful people anyway? How can we tap into that
0: if we didn't grow up with those tools? Exactly. It does happen to everybody. Like, um, like we don't, we don't talk to other people like that. You're not going to tell your friend, Hey, you look fat in these jeans or, Oh, you're starting your own business or you're asking for a raise. It's never going to work. You're not good enough. Like we don't say that to other people, but we trash talk ourselves all the time. Like who would want to be your friend? If you talk to them the same way you talk to yourself. Yeah. So the thing is what we, what we don't know is that it's perfectly normal research shows that 70% of our thoughts are negative And, and it's just the way um, that, that it happens. What um, we will discover today is, is how can we change that voice inside our head? Like, I remember, um, even myself, I was, um, when I started speaking professionally, I needed a video done. So we had three cameras, you know, like one for the one for the wide angle, <laughs> one for the close-up, and one from the back to see the large audience, right? So we're recording yeah. that reel. And the problem was there was only 20 people in the room. To- <laughs> so we kept asking people to move from one section to another so that when we would put the segments together, it would look like there was a large audience. Now, <laughs> so I remember my first paid speaking engagement, I got a call from an organization that wanted me to train their sales force, and they asked for my rate. And I didn't have a corporate rate. So I go, um, (laughs) 250. And then they say, okay, so for four hours, there would be a thousand. I almost choke, right? Because I meant 250 for the whole thing. So I go, (laughs) oh, yes, that's correct, (laughs) $1,000. Right. And then we hang up the phone and I got the contract. Wow. I should have been excited, but I remember sitting in my office feeling like a fraud. Telling, hmm. hearing this negative self-talk in my head, telling me, you're not a real professional speaker. You don't deserve a thousand dollar paycheck for an afternoon. See that video that I had made to make the audience look bigger than it really was in my made up corporate weight. None of it was real. I was just trying to look more than I really was. And the voice was telling me, well, you want to be a speaker like in English? You don't even speak English. Like you want to write books in English? Are you kidding me? <laughs> And my English was really bad. I remember at the end of a yoga class, I was teaching yoga back then. And I was telling everybody to relax and calm and relax their face, relax their jaw. And I wanted them to put their tongue on the roof of their mouth. So I said, put your thong behind your tits. And then everybody started to laugh. And I didn't know why everybody was laughing. Anyway, truth is the voice in my head was right. <laughs> right. I, but, but see, we do the reverse of what we know we should be doing because of that voice. And that day in my office, that's when I realized I need to shut down the negative self-talk in my head. So I spent the last decade studying neuroscience and created a system in order to shut down that negative self-talk in my head because I knew it wasn't serving me. And I was trying to figure out how how do we change that? Right.
1: And and then after all that um, and feeling like you had to project a large audience because of that voice in your head. And then you've spoken to huge audiences. Like, didn't you speak, was it New Zealand, Women of Influence? Where
0: did you speak? Um, were you there keynote? Yeah, I was keynote at Women of Influence. There were, I don't know, 350 people. It's not the largest mm. audience I spoke yeah. to. But yeah, that was a, that was a, a, a large audience. That's definitely. amazing. Well, what's the largest definitely. audience that's, you've spoke to? About 800. That's, wow. That's, yeah. probably, that's a lot. Well, it's not, it's not Tony Robbins. Size. Well... <laughs> at that point, you
1: know, I like connecting to people, you know, in the audience. And if it's just a C, then how it just feels less personal anyways. Like I feel yeah. like, I don't know, public speaking is changing because of the way we're dealing with virtually right now and everything else too, I think there's going to be a trend where we're going to see kind of more of that boutique kind of speaking anyway,
0: anyway. Um, and the online speaking as well. Because I've I've spoken to 1,200 people audience online, which yeah, is different they're not right in my. I
1: presence. know like, they're not like the
0: same, but I do. It a lot isn't of it uh, funny?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. So um, so before we continue, too, I just wanted to give um, our viewers a little background on, on yourself. Um, I know a lot of people, and I know you're a coach, too. You work with a lot of people, professionals, individuals looking to become entrepreneurs, all those kinds of, of clients. And so many people say, hey, I've been in this rut of a business for a decade or two decades. I'd really like to change and do something else, but I'm scared and the financial Feels overwhelming and all these things. And I just love talking to powerful people who have made dramatic changes in their career. So you were first a businesswoman, right? And then a fitness guru. And then now you're doing this. Tell us a
0: little bit about this evolution in your career. So um, I, I got thrown in. Uh, business when I was very young Uh, my mom owned a printing business and I was teaching fitness on the side already back then I've been teaching fitness for 33 years so I was making a lot of money as a 13 14 15 year old uh, teaching um, fitness so I used that money to invest in um, in my mom's uh, business which turned into multiple different printing business so at, at 20 years old I was managing one of the location with 25 staff and moved on after that to um, a different location and was was involved very very quickly in in the business world in marketing and uh, relation, uh, human resource and sales um, and eventually um, my dream was to go full on fitness because it has always been on the side because, oh, you need to keep your full time job. And anyway, uh, um, a, a giant in the printing industry came to us wanting to purchase our businesses. Mm-hmm. And after a few years of them after us, we decided to sell. So I was free. I could go do my dream if you'd like. Now, um, another story. Uh, and I, I do talk a lot about this when I talk about the Think Yourself Wealthy program, is that I made a lot of money that day, enough money so that I would not have had to work for the rest of my life. But then two years later, where was this money? (gasps) Gone. Because... I had limiting beliefs about money. Mm-hmm. I believe that when you make more money, you spend more. So you always live paycheck to paycheck, blah, blah. blah. And it took me a while to figure that out, mm-hmm. that our own voice inside our head. So let's talk about that voice inside our head and, and how it impacted me to move from one thing to another. So I did end up to finish answering your question. I did end up doing more Um in the fitness industry, uh, became personal trainer as well, realized that my clients would eat crap. So became a nutrition and wellness specialist as well. And one day I realized that my clients had results, not because I was giving them a better kale salad recipe, or because I was showing them a better way to squat. It was because they were changing their mindset. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how am I doing this? How am I changing their mindset? What's the what's the steps? One, two, three. And that's when I really started to get interested in neuroscience. I wanted to become a speaker right about at that time, realized that my negative self-talk was not helping. And I thought that's probably hurting my clients as well, because they have a belief that whenever they lose weight, they're always getting back or they hate exercise. So they have all these limiting beliefs. So that really uh, was all uh, combined together into uh, bringing and that negative self-talk was what made me recognize, let's say, uh, internationally was the system that, I, that I've created. So let's understand how the brain works. Um, we, we have many different parts that I love. The prefrontal cortex is fascinating. Maybe for another, uh, another time, uh, we could have a full uh, podcast around oh, yeah, emotion been, control um, and all yeah. that. Uh, right now, I'll talk about the logical mind and the unconscious mind. So your logical mind can handle five to nine pieces of information at a time. That's cool because you can, you can multitask, right? Right. Like you can go grocery shopping now at the same time that you're on a meeting on your phone, right? And still keep your kid from falling off the cart and notice the guy at the back winking at the girl in blue in the seafood department. Like you can see all that at the same time and still, you know, multitask. But have you ever noticed, and let's say you're going to a, a new address and you're driving your car. So it's a beautiful day, windows are down, music is on. And as you get closer to the houses, you have to lower the music on the radio. Has that ever happened to you? That you have to lower the volume on the radio as you oh, yeah. try to concentrate? Oh, Isn't for me, mean? it's
1: when I'm driving. Like if I'm approaching a really, really stressful intersection, or I'm trying to parallel park, I have to turn the music off.
0: <laughs> right? And it's yeah. interesting because you have your foot on the, you're, you're at the this busy intersection. So you got the foot on the brake, the foot on the accelerator, the red light ahead, the lady that's uh, that, uh, it's about to cross the street. There's this child there with the balloon. And then and then there's this weird guy in the car next to you, winking at you, gross. <laughs> so as you add, looking at the numbers in the houses, or or as you, you add something else, the music becomes the one too many. So five to nine pieces of information is not that great after all. Living at a logical level, we feel like we don't have enough capacity. It's you're always behind like you're you're trying to build your business you're trying to to be successful you have your goal and then you're you're going towards your goal and you work hard and you get up at 5 a.m and and then you go to bed at, at midnight and then you still have to take your kids to school and sport and between your meetings and and you feel like you're going further and further away from your dream life, because you, you have zero life balance, and you're still living paycheck to paycheck, and it's just not working. And you're working hard, you want to do it. It is like you are wanting to go to Los Angeles, but you're in an aircraft that's flying to New York City. <laughs> you, can, you can work as fast as you possibly can. But if you stay in that aircraft, you're never going to get there. Right. So a lot of people ask me, so how do I get off that aircraft? And I say, stay on the aircraft, talk to the pilot Mm -hmm. and tell the pilot, Hey bud, do you mind turning around? That's where I'm going. Imagine how much faster you're going to get there. So that pilot is the other part of the brain that I, that I love is the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind can handle 2.3 million pieces of information every second. Wow! I call it your personal assistant. So Let's repeat five to nine for the logical mind and 2.3 million pieces of information every second. So you have that personal assistant in your head taking notes, writing down everything that you say or think, and it makes it happen. But the problem is, people wake up in the morning, they look at themselves in the mirror, and they go, ah, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed out. I think I'm getting weight. And then your personal assistant writes it down stressed out, tired, getting weight. Got this, stressed out. What can I do? Oh, I know I'm going to delete a very important appointment in our calendar. That's going to be stressful. (laughs) Um, uh, Tired, tired. Oh, I'm going to keep her awake all night. She's not going to be able to sleep. She's going to be really tired. Check. Gaining weight. Easy one. I can certainly find a chocolate bar or something deep fried for her to eat or more wine tonight. Check. (laughs) your personal assistant is constantly listening and making things happen. So we have to really be careful what we think and what we tell our personal assistant because that unconscious mind is so powerful.
1: Yes. So, so true. So, um, so our personal assistant is um, what, what kind of
0: assignments can we give that personal assistant? What kind of assignment? So we have to tell our personal assistant what we want, there not what we don't want. And most people and my clients do this. They come to me and it's Natalie. I don't want to be stressed anymore. I don't want to rush everywhere. I don't want to be impatient with my kids and I don't want to be broke. Yeah. Personal assistant writes it down. Stress, rush, impatient, broke. Got this. Right. right. So, okay. So yes, here I see the neuro.
1: <laughs> the neuro. Yes, because it's picking up on those suggestions, um, which is, so would you say, um, So you would say that our self-talk is incredibly important, not really just in the theme, but actually in the choice of the kinds of words and terms we think in. Can
0: we retrain ourselves in that? A hundred percent. And I'll give you a very easy two-step technique. So we have heard of affirmations before. People do affirmations all the time, right? Now, and I'm sorry to say this because it's so popular but affirmations don't work if you you. don't believe them (laughs) you know like like when I work with the think yourself thin program with people that are highly overweight I can't just say okay look at yourself in the mirror and say I am thin right or or, or the think yourself wealthy program people that are in deep financial struggle I can't say okay put your hands on your hips repeat after me I am rich because your (laughs) personal assistant is like uh no we're not Like, oh, we must be just watching a vampire movie. Vampires don't exist. I'm not writing this down. This is silly. We're dreaming right now. I'm not writing this down. So you want your personal assistant to listen to what you have to say. So here's the two-step technique. The first step is to rephrase your thought in the past. So when Mm -hmm. you hear something in your head, oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed out. And then you're like, oh, no, what did I just say? You, You can't just say. I am calm because you're in the middle of something. It's terrible, right? Like the toilet just overflowed. <laughs> it, it, it's demanding right now. You can't just, yeah. I know. So, so when, when there's things that are stressful or when you are overwhelmed or when, um, when you're bad with names, you say, oh, I'm so bad with names. Oh my gosh, what did I just tell my personal story? I just told my personal to forget the name, right? Because ah. if you say I'm bad with names, Everybody says that you, I introduced myself to a lot of people. And the first thing they tell me is I'll forget your name. Well, they say, I'm bad with name, right? So it's just like, well, well, it's just because you told your person, and you wanted to be bad with name. Just say, I'll try to remember that big difference. And you'll probably remember it. So instead of, so you don't tell
1: your personal assistant, I'm bad with names, but then it's also not entirely practical because say you are not a genius at names to say,
0: I'm amazing at names. I'm amazing at names. As far as an affirmation, you repeat it in the past and you say, I used to be bad with names. Yes. I used to be bad with names. So then when you, when the personal assistant is like used to be bad with names, yeah, I have them on my list right here. Yeah, we used to be. Now, what are we talking about this in the past? Are we done with this? Do I scratch that? What do I do? So then immediately, once you've done the first step, I used to be stressed out. I used to think I was bad with technology. I used to think like I could not change the, with the remote control. I right. used to. You, say, you follow up with the second step, a progressive statement. A progressive statement starts with I am willing to learn or am in the processor. Mm. I used to be bad with name. I'm willing to learn how to remember them. I'm in the process of becoming better at it. I used to always gain the weight back. I'm willing to learn how to keep it off. I'm, right. I'm, I used to say I'm bad with technology. I'm willing to learn where it is that I have to click on zoom in order to see my clients virtually. Right. I'm in the process of, so this two-step technique I love that. is is, is very powerful because it's a different way to do your affirmation is to say, I used to, so then your personal assistant pays attention and then it can make a transformation Absolutely. for you.
1: And what I love about that too, is that you are opening up possibility mentally and most people like to learn. Most people want to at least feel like they're learning or progressing or improving their life. Um, As opposed to beating yourself up emotionally all the time, because you're failing at this or that or the other thing, um, which I think is really awesome. And which leads me into because I definitely want to touch on this today about feeling awesome in your job. And this is the perfect um, transition into that. Um, You know, I talk a lot about work-life integration and how you can optimize that, especially today when we're working from home and the office and sometimes mixtures of the two and everything seems to be all mixed together now. Um, So I know that today we were going to talk, you talk a lot about feeling awesome. So uh, today we're going to talk about feeling awesome in your job and just a little bit about embracing our awesomeness in the workplace and a lot of this mind practice that you're already teaching us is going to be so helpful. So how can we connect to our awesomeness
0: in our job, even when we don't feel awesome at work? So we have to identify where the problem is, because the brain has six different layers. So I based my whole DNA system on these layers. So I'll give you a quick run through. Um, Let's say you want to do a kitchen renovation. So using the kitchen renovation analogy, the first step is you're going to create a folder with samples and you're going to say, okay, I want these cupboards, this countertop, the paint chip, this hardwood floor, the backsplash, you know, you'll put in your folder, everything that you want. That's your first step. And most people do that. So what do you want in your job? Make a list of the things that you want. And everybody does that. Smart goals. You've heard of that vision board, Mm -hmm. right? People are very, very popular, but it's it's a step it's important you must do that that's the first step of my system it's the d for dna for desire so you need to know what you want so first step the problem is a lot of people stop there or they go straight to step number three they try to install these new habits in their life and try to, to take what's on their vision board and, and try to, to make it happen. Because if they stop at the vision board, like just making a vision board doesn't work because we would all be living <laughs> on a deserted island. TVs, driving right? <laughs> I you would know. be. <laughs> right? So, so the thing is, It doesn't stop there. It's only the first step. And people skip a step and they go straight to step number three. And they try to install the island over top of the existing island in the kitchen and try to install the cupboard over top of the existing cupboard. It's not going to work. You need step two. You need to gut out the old kitchen Mm -hmm. before you can install something else. That's what I do. That's what I'm recognized for. Get rid of that Negative self-talk, anger, fear, hurt, sadness, guilt, mm-hmm. trauma, bad habits, all the stuff that is holding us back and keeping up us stuck. So I work with specific processes with my clients, and, and the two-step technique I gave you, it's it's a good way to start yeah. um, the, the process. It, like there's more, a lot more to it that needs to happen at unconscious level. And then you can go, this is the end, the new you. You got out the old kitchen and then. Third in A, then that's when you actualize. Once you have an empty kitchen, then you can install your new stuff. So my system, the DNA system, I juxtapose them the six layers of a, per, a person's self. So everybody has six different layers, and th- this comes from the research of Robert's delt Robert delt mm-hmm. So there's your environment, your behaviors, your skills, your beliefs and value, your identity, and your purpose. Enjoy. Is over here the in life purpose that's where because there's different layers so find where is the problem that's 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 what i do with my clients is first i try to identify what's the problem is this an environment do they have people around them that are toxic Mm -hmm. is is there stuff around there that is not helping them so maybe your office desk is not in the right position and you'll start liking your job better if maybe you're, you're running out of resources, maybe environment is the Wi-Fi is not good enough at work and it's frustrating like hell. So maybe it's an environmental problem that makes you not like your job. Maybe it's a behavior. So behaviors are the things you do, like you walk, you eat, you brush your teeth. And the skills are the, the behaviors that you are really good at. So in doing your job, are there too many things that you're not trained for? That you need extra skills to be better at. So where is the problem? Usually those two are the, 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 the thickest areas yeah. where the problems are. Beliefs and value. Do you have a limiting beliefs? I'm not yeah. good enough. Like this is an identity. I am sure. not good enough. Or, or I will always live paycheck to paycheck. Right. Or hard, uh, I live for the weekend. Uh, So, so you need to really figure out where the problem is and fix it where it belongs. Because let's say you have a belief that you are not good enough and you buy an expensive purse, a designer pair of shoes or an expensive car, you're trying to apply an environmental solution into an identity problem, or you say, I will always gain the weight back. So you exercise and you eat well, those are behavior exercise and eating Mm -hmm. well, are just behaviors. You need to fix the problem here. Exercise is hard. I hate it. Well, start <laughs> fixing that because if you're conditioned to believe that exercise is hard and you hate it and you always gain the weight back, once you start exercising, your personal system's going to go in panic mode and say, oh my gosh, well, wait a minute. She's losing weight and she's supposed to be overweight. She said that. And then, and then now she's liking it. Oh, I know I'm going to make her fall on the BOSU ball. She's going to hurt her ankle. She's not going to be able to train anymore. And she's going to gain the weight back. Check. Whew, I've done my job. <laughs> so your assistant is actually,
1: yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Is it working, could be working against you because they're trying to, match your behaviors to your beliefs. So when your beliefs and your behavior, even when your behavior becomes good working out, but your belief is I'm always going to be overweight or I can't do it, or I always fail at everything. Your assistant is going to try to align what's happening in your real life to the outcome you believe you're going to have. So once you uninstall the kitchen, um, the old kitchen, for example, Then um, how do you bring in the new pieces to, and in this case, embracing your awesomeness at work, you know, finding joy in your job? How do you bring
0: about embracing that? How do you install the new layers? So what you can do is go into each of these layers and put yourself in the shoes of somebody that is already successful at this. Um, for example, the Olympics were not a long time ago. Um, I, I know that uh, some countries have studied Michael Phelps for a number of years, okay. using uh, using a few of these things. So they look at it at, at his environment, and then you put yourself in the shoes of somebody that is joyful, happy. They they love their job, and you say, what's in their environment? So they asked for Michael Faust, okay, so what temperature of the pool does he train in? What kind of spandex is he wearing? What's his behavior? (laughs) When exactly does he he jump in the water? How does he do his stroke? And what's his skill? What makes him win? Is it when he turns around that he's really fast or when he reaches at the end? And then they forgot these three layers. So that's why they were never, ever able to copy him because they never said, what's what does he believe? What's, what's important to him? Mm-hmm. He believes he's going to win the race, right? <laughs> I am, what does he say when he say I am? And is it I am the fastest swimmer in the world. And what's his purpose? Who else is he serving? Does he try to inspire his son or, or other younger athletes? Why is he doing all of this? And when you lead from purpose, because once you So look at all of these and and, and to reinstall in the actualized part, look at your environment and say, what what are successful people have in their environment? And how can I transform mine? Do they have people that are surrounding themselves with people that are supporting them? What are the behaviors that I want now? What are the skills that I need to get good at, if any? Mm -hmm. What do I need to believe and What's important to me? The value interview is something that I do with every single one of my clients because we need to know what's important to you. Have you ever made a list of what's important to you about your job? If you want to love it, does it have the things that are important to you and your identity, who you are? Once you have all this lined up, you are, you love yourself. Your beliefs are supporting you and you're doing things that you're good at. And you have an environment that supports you. That's when you can live from your why and say, who else am I serving now? Why right. am I here? Because when and you're that's in- where you find the joy.
1: Yes, exactly. I was just gonna say, because once, you, once you're in that place, then you're like, I have the joy. I want to share the joy. How can I give back? And so much of that is coming from our own self-talk, from what our focus is. I'm sure you talk about focus a lot, what we're focusing on. Uh, If we're focusing on all the things you hate in your job, then you're going to keep hating your job. If you focus on what's working in your job and the things you love your job in your job, it's going to end your life, which is what I do a lot of the work-life integration, because you don't just leave yourself at home when you go to work, taking yourself with you. So working on yourself as a whole human being, not just as an individual at home and not just as a profession at work so that you can really live in your joy and live abundantly in that. I think that's just beautiful. And I love your diagram. That's beautiful. So fantastic. Um, So, um, so I would have to ask you. So, what's your greatest takeaway? Um, and we're gonna to have to wrap up here in a minute. What's your greatest takeaway from from the neuro studies you've done, and your greatest purpose with Think Yourself um, Academy?
0: Greatest takeaway and greatest purpose. Okay. Or you so- can
1: merge them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I believe that the reason why I did call it the DNA system is because I believe that everybody's absolutely amazing. Everybody is awesome. And that's why I use the awesome all the time. We have a drawer and when you open this drawer, you have everything you need, all the answers under in that drawer. The problem is that we go through stuff in life and then crap gets accumulated on top of the drawer. And sometimes we respond with what's on top. We're very stressed at work. And then your daughter comes behind you in the kitchen and she says, hey, mom. And you go, what? And then you're like, oh, this is not how I wanted to respond. But the stress of the day was all at the top of, we know at the bottom of the drawer, we have the answer. We know we wanted to say, hey, sweetie what can I do for you? Like, we know, right. you know, everything. The problem is sometimes we need to find it. So get rid of the clutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the biggest takeaway that that I get from neuroscience and from all the trainings that I've done. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm working with clients now with PTSD, um, yeah. with the RTM protocol. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> process. It's an 89 step process to get rid of um, a very wild uh, dreams and, mm. and um, disconnecting the emotion from a very bad thing that may have yeah. happened to them. So we work with soldiers, with uh, people that have been in um, uh, very um, distressful situations, um, uh, situation in their household uh domestic abuse uh so mm-hmm. get rid of the stuff that's holding you back you don't have to carry all that you know? and and you don't have to have been in a house on fire to carry stuff we go through <laughs> life everybody eats stuff gets stuck to our feet mm-hmm. and we need to go to the dentist once right. in a while because it's not because they, like if you have a cavity it's not by brushing your teeth really really well and flossing that's that's doing affirmations and, and using some techniques and taking some courses but sometimes you need a dentist yeah <laughs> special tools and they will fill the cavity and, right. and, and fix it you don't need to carry the old stuff then you continue right. to brush your teeth and floss so that it doesn't mm-hmm. happen again because Love you're it. having because most of my clients do everything right it's just that they have some past stuff Mm-hmm. that that they keep carrying and it's exhausting we don't have to live absolutely. with absolutely and i just love how you live with
1: this how you've said that you know you can be doing all the right things and still not achieving your goal or even achieving the reverse of your goal that's fascinating to me so because of your self-talk which i think is in life and in their job really the yeah. number one element right declutter <laughs> take it away and yeah. then um, reprogram it with a new message um, yeah. so you can start living abundantly in your life and really experiencing your joy and wanting yeah. to give back and share, which is what you do with your job and with Think Academy, which I just love everything you do. I think it's amazing. You totally inspire me. Um, I just want to tell my listeners, um, you can check out more on NatalieThinkYourself.com. Uh, think, uh, think Yes. Thinkyourself.com, Check it out over there. And, um, she also has a podcast, so you can find that listed on her website. And, um, also please like, and subscribe to this podcast here so we can keep this content coming to you and you can check out more on my website and Thank you so much, Natalie, for being here today. It's been, uh, a wonderful half hour. And I only wish we had like three hours because I'm having so much fun. (laughs) So we may have to do this again because it's been absolutely amazing. So thank you for your generosity, for your time, for coming and talking with us today. And I'm sure my viewers are going to really appreciate that as well. So thank Thank you you and we'll see you again soon.